need to see seven other girls wearing your exact same outfit. are special and one of a kind and that's why whether it's voice data or sms you get to enjoy personalized offers tailored to your specific needs with mtn just for you dial star 141 hash or select your options on the my mtn app to redeem your unique just for you package on ghana's best mobile network mtn Live on Joy 99.7 FM, this is the Midday News. We're live on Joy 99.7 FM, also in Kumasi on Love 99.5 FM, with over 30 affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions, KTU Radio in Koforidia, Lonlonyo FM in Hohoi, Ganga FM in Jirapa, and Pad FM in Daumango. We're live on Xspaces, we're on Facebook, we're on myjoyonline.com. The Midday News is sponsored by Petrol Soul, your clean fuel in full quantity. Petrol Soul is always a delightful experience, also brought to you by Dura Plus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDP pipes and water tank. We are the only water storage tank with a level indicator and where Dura Plus goes, water always flows. This afternoon, Cabinet directs the Finance Minister to formally engage with the IMF on expenditure cuts as government struggles to implement the 15% VAT on electricity. Cabinet says engage the, world, uh, the IMF to see how we can deploy some, and critically, uh, expenditure cuts. Okay, because if this revenue is intended to fund some expenditure item, then a cut in expenditure will mean that you've dealt with that We'll get to hear from the IMF, which is warning only a diligent adherence to the bailout program will help Ghana restore confidence in its economy. Going forward, it will be really, really important that Ghana continues to implement the program uh, that they have developed uh, as envisaged. Um, that is really uh, critical. Meanwhile, organized labor says they've roped in players in the informal sector for a full-blown demonstration if government fails to listen. The consequences of this intended Nationwide strike action is, 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 cannot be underestimated, but it is everyone in this very country. My market women, taxi drivers, Uber drivers, GPITU, and so on and so forth. Also this afternoon, Eastern Rechsec intensify efforts to retain health personnel and teachers who fled Kweobipong during a clash with the police as they gear up for a major security measure. Some health workers have also left the community and I was affecting health care delivery. And we had to bring all of them back. As a regional security council is having an emergency meeting on Thursday. We have details of that. Also, Parliament returns to conclude the last year of the current House's terms with significant changes to standing orders and the mode of doing business in the House. Details plus the return of a Sin North MP, James Jachikwasing, following medical treatment abroad. As we serve Ghanaians, I'm alive and kicking and I'm strong. And I really miss them. And like, you have to take care of yourself. I'm back in full swing. Their sports. The uncertainty over Ghana's readiness to host the Africa Games eases as the Boteman Sports Complex nears completion. And if you're wondering what's responsible for the poor air quality in Accra, we have details. Once the dust levels goes up, the particulate matter is also going to go up. You are breathing in a cocktail of air pollutants and can cause a lot of havoc. Cardiovascular diseases, respiratory diseases. It's a silent killer. That and more in this afternoon's edition of the Midday News. I am MFA Apao. This is your home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. Please do stay on for details.
Many thanks for your company. We dig in now and President Akufado's cabinet has directed Finance Minister Ken Ofurieta to formally engage with the International Monetary Fund to agree on areas for expenditure cut as government struggles to implement the 15% value-added tax imposition on electricity. While there are rumors government is seeking to abandon the tax measure, given the opposition by organized labor, Deputy Energy Minister Andrew Ejapamesa tells Joy News government will also start a dialogue with labor unions to agree on the best way forward. Because the finance ministry wanted to engage with the labor unions uh, for a buy-in. Okay, what it then meant was that the Ministry of Finance still believed that the rollout ought to take place at some point. Our cabinet says engage the, world, uh, the IMF, okay, uh, to see how we can deploy some, uh, and critically, uh, expenditure cuts. Okay, because if this revenue is intended to fund some expenditure item, then a cut in expenditure will mean that you've dealt with that, uh, the need for the rollout of that uh, particular tax handle. And so let's see how the engagements go. Um, uh, obviously, uh, uh, we are in a difficult situation. And I welcome uh, constructive criticism uh, because obviously government can never be perfect. Okay, you have issues with... Uh, with, with some decision making that you roll out. Uh, but if the criticism is constructive, mm. uh, regardless of what it is that you may say, oh, but when we're in power, this is what you did to us. And so it's a question of take for time. Then it's an unending cycle. But we need to progress, okay? We need to make a, a, a forward march towards nation building. Yes, let's engage. Let's see how it is that we can uh, cross this hurdle, if you like. So that you know, we can we can we can put our economy back on track. That's the Deputy Energy Minister Andrew Japamesa there speaking to Joy News Editor Elton Brobe. But the International Monetary Fund has emphasized the importance for Ghana to stay committed to its bailout program to fully realize its benefits. So what are the measures? There's more in this report. Recognizing the need to revamp the energy sector to reduce debt and ensure industries have a consistent power supply, the government has undertaken measures such as the quarterly increase in tariffs. Furthermore, in line with these objectives, the government is proposing to impose a 15% VAT on electricity. In alignment with the IMF's revenue mobilization objectives, Ghana diversed a comprehensive medium-term revenue strategy in September 2023. This strategy focuses on tax policy and revenue administration measures necessary to reach Ghana and the IMF's program revenue objectives. Ghana has already taken steps towards improving revenue generation, including quarterly adjustments to electricity tariffs, increasing the value-added tax rate from 125 percent to 15 percent, restructuring the e-levy and removing discounts on benchmark values at customs. In the 2024 budget, government plans to implement further measures. One, the government plans to remove selected VAT exemptions, which cost about 17 billion Ghana cities. Two, revise income-based taxes. Three, review the headline rate of the communication services tax. Four, expand taxes on gambling revenues. Five, increase stamp policy. 6. Introduce 5% VAT rate on the rental of commercial premises. 7. Implement new taxes such as the emission tax and the plastic and packaging tax. 8. Enhance the implementation of the vehicle income tax sticker mechanism. 9. Reform corporate income tax by gradually phasing out tax holidays and exemptions. These measures are all part of the revenue mobilization prepared by the government and not the IMF.
Well, the IMF director of the African Department, Abebe Selassie, stressed the necessity for Ghana to adhere strictly to the agreed-upon austerity measures to navigate its way out of the economic crisis. You know, uh, is being implemented uh, effectively. Uh, we just went to the board recently uh, with the first program review, uh, following, of course, uh, uh, the policies that the government has uh, been putting in place uh, to address the you know huge imbalances uh, Ghana was facing through last year, uh, and of course creditors signalling that they uh, official creditors signalling that they. Um, will provide debt relief uh, consistent with what uh, Ghana needs. Um, so we just went to the board, uh, I think, um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what I can say is that going forward, it will be really, really important that Ghana continues to implement the program uh, that they have developed uh, as envisaged. Um, that is really uh, critical. Uh, these programs are not, uh, you know, are designed to be implemented over three, four years. Um, uh, and it's really important that, you know, you stick the uh, Ghana sticks the course uh, and sees the program being implemented over the next uh, three years. So we look forward to continuing to support Ghana uh, consistent with the program implementation. Well, that's the IMF Director, Africa Department, Abibi Selassie, there at a press conference earlier today in Washington. Well, organized labor, however, insists only a complete withdrawal of the tax policy will stop the intended demonstration. Deputy Secretary General of the TUC, Joshua Nsa, tells Joy News players from the informal sector will join in the protest. As I speak to you now, we have not received any official communication from the government. Since the rumors broke out, our minds will change and the decision will change if and only if government withdraws unconditionally the imposition of 15% VAT on the electricity bill to the lifeline workers in this very country. Uh, by the 13th of this month, we know for sure that maybe government will have change of mind and actually write officially to actually change his decision so that labor can also change the decision. Because the consequences of this intended nationwide strike action is, 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 cannot be underestimated. But can government navigate its way around this? Yes, a professor of finance with the University of Ghana, Godfred Bokping. Fiscal adjustment has two layers, revenue and expenditure. If you look at the way the IMF program is designed, the bulk of the fiscal adjustment is coming from revenue, more taxes, and far less from expenditure. So if, if, if the government approaches that we are going to keep our lifestyle, we are not going to cut wasteful expenditure in order to ease the burden on Ghanaian households and private sector, but we have a population we can keep taxing. I think that is not that is not prudent. That is not acceptable. That is not the way to go either. Okay, so because we can continue on that path and there will still not be a way out. Well, we know also this afternoon that organized labor will be meeting in Kumasi ahead uh, of a TUC February 13 protest. And thankfully, uh, we've been joined by Mr. Isaac Donko. He leads uh, the Senior Staff Association of Ghana. Thank you so much for your time here on the Midday News. So this particular meeting, uh, a mop-up uh, or preparation for February 13, tell us more. What exactly are the details? Okay, so good, so good afternoon um, to you yourself and then your Chinese viewers. Um, as I speak with you, the, sorry, the one who is speaking is Ayat Abel, the National Trustee of Senior Staff Association. The National Chairman currently is in a meeting, and um, hello, sir. 
Okay, uh, unfortunately, uh, it appears that uh, we've just lost um, uh, the man there. He tells me he's actually um, the, the secretary. Uh, we're hoping to speak to Isaac Donko, but really, um, he was also in that meeting and will provide details for us. But we'll stay a while longer on the labor front and related issues because government says it's unable to pay their tier two of workers' pension now because of financial constraints. The payment, which has been in arrears for some time now, is the reason some unions and the public universities are on strike. We can hear president of the tertiary educational Union, Teu Suleimana Abdul Rahman. There is no worker in Ghana here who can default payment of tax. And before, uh, I mean, uh, our salaries have been paid into our various accounts, they deduct the tax from our salaries. And this money that we are talking about, the tier two pensions money, it is our own money. Mm. The money doesn't belong to government. Mm. It's our own salary that deducts a component to keep, uh, or let me say, give it to the uh, trustees of the tier two to invest. And when uh, you are going on retirement, they will pay you the lump sum. And before they pay the lump sum, they will have invested the money so that will yield some uh, profits, which will aid, uh, I mean, uh, how to call it, your retirement packages. Mm -hmm. So this money is for us. It is not for government. So if you ask a question that the government says that we should give them some uh, time for us to, uh, I mean, solve IMS, IMS problem. I think uh, we may have to come again. Should I pay this money? Are you in attempting a resolution to this problem? Have you been called for a conversation by government? As a matter of fact, tertiary education workers in of Ghana have not been called for any engagement. Uh, even with, after you declared a strike? Yes, even after we declared a strike. Well, the executive secretary of the Labour Commission, um, Ofuswa Samoa, says he's hoping that governments can agree with the Labour Union on the resolution of a payment plan. Now your pensions have been deducted. It has not been paid to the fund manager. Was that the arrangement? The arrangement is that deduct the money, pay to the fund managers. If it is not paid within a specific period, this is the interest or penalty that you are supposed to pay. Accordingly, the commission gave his directive. But it was when it came to the penalty that the um, government alleges that there was a negotiation between them and organized labor so that the 3% will not apply, which was denied by, uh, uh, what do you call it, the union leaders of the various universities. So then we are given the chance to go and see whether that negotiation was done on their behalf. And that is what they are negotiating. If they come out to say that there was an agreement on the it when they appear before the commission. The commission adopts it. But if it is not, the commission will give it its directive. And we expect whichever party against whom it goes to comply. That's the Executive Secretary of the National Labour Commission, Ufuswa Samoa. They're speaking on PM Express, taking us away from the labour front. We take you to the eastern region now. And the Regional Security Council there is intensifying efforts to facilitate the return of health personnel and teachers who fled Kweubipong following a clash with the police there. Two persons lost their lives after being struck by stray bullets, allegedly fired by the police after residents attacked the chief's palace, demanding a suspected murderer. Uh, the suspect, 23-year-old Kwesi Tengkwang, is said to have raped 
raped and murdered a 45-year-old woman, Ekuyachewa, and a 65-year-old brother at Idrumasa, a farming community in the area. While the clash between residents and the police, which later led to the displacement of essential service providers, is driving RegSec to take proactive measures ahead of a crucial security meeting later on Thursday. We know that 71 persons have also been arrested. Let me bring in my colleague, Kofi Sian. He's on the ground for us. So Kofi, uh, what could be the reason for people fleeing the town, even though calm has returned, we are told? Well, MFA, when you speak to some of the residents, they say that initially the police were arresting uh, persons who were seen in a video perpetrating violence. But uh, now, as I speak with you, uh, they claim that the police are also arresting people seen outside the video, including women. So they fear that they could be mistaken for persons who led the violence in the area. Well, but uh, let's talk about the general security situation, though, in the area and the current state. We know that schools have been closed, businesses shut. Um, are they gradually returning to normalcy? Okay, MFA, so the place is very calm now. You could see police officers patrolling the area everywhere you you go. So you could see a number of policemen, uh, you know, stationed at a point from one uh, area to the other. So if you ask me about the uh, security situation in the area, it's very calm. It's been very uh, progressive. And I'm told the IGP, Dr. Ekufudampare, will be visiting the area uh, later today. I cannot independently confirm that. But I spoke to the Eastern Regional Minister, said Kwame Echampon, a while ago, and he's confirmed to me that he's also uh, visiting the area to assess the situation. We are grateful. That's my colleague, Kofi And thankfully, the regional minister, said Kwame Champon, joins us on the line. We are grateful for your time. So last we spoke, you mentioned that security had been beefed up. And we know that you are preparing for a major security meeting on Thursday. The issue about closure of schools and the return of health personnel. Where are we exactly with that, sir? Oh, good afternoon, MFA. We're really progressing. We've gotten to a couple of the people who left the community. We've given them the necessary assurances, and they are supposed to return. Um, we, like you rightly said, we have also heightened the law enforcement agents. So we're engaging the community as well to give them the assurance that the enforcement agents are there to offer assurance, and then they can go about their duties as normal. So well, nothing untoward. We are hearing from some residents, uh, Mr. Champong, that males especially are fleeing the town because of what they describe as indiscriminate arrest by security personnel in the area. I'm, I've heard about that as well, but I'm on my way to the community myself, and I'm meeting the regional command as well as the division and district command. So I'll get full brief about some of these occurrences. You're not the first person raising these concerns to me. But I understand in an operational theater such as this and matters of this nature, the police have their own standard operating procedures. We'll find out from them what it is. But I know they are doing their best in the circumstance not to trample on people's rights and their freedoms. Speaking of rights and freedoms, so those suspects that were picked up, 71 of them, what's their state? Is it that they've been screened and released? What exactly is happening to them from the briefing still, that you have? Still on, 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 on investigation. Those who, who not, are found not to be on the 
activities. Remind you, as the incident was going on, there were people holding cameras, recording some of these scenes. So some of these footages have some of the culprits already captured on, and that is what they are pursuing. Mm. But largely, this afternoon, the assurance you're giving is that Kweubipong is rather calm, peaceful, you'd oh, say? Very calm, so far. What my municipal chief executive reported to me about an hour ago, oversteered the community. I'm going there to see it myself. So as far as I know, there's stability. We'll touch base with you once you are there. That's the, the reg- Eastern Regional Minister, Seth Kwame Champon. Let me bring you back to Accra. Let's go to Parliament now. And MPs have returned to the House following a month-long break to significant changes to how business will be done in the legislature. Electoral Commission and other constitutional bodies will now be subject to parliamentary questions, um, just like ministers. Also, a number of new committees have been established, including the Intelligence Committee and the Disintegration of the Finance Committee into three separate committees. Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kwekwa Sante uh, joins us on the line with details. So MPs will now recite the National Pledge before the House starts sitting? Yes, MFR. According to the new standing order, the pledge will be taken at the start of every new meeting and at the last of every new meeting. Very short while ago, that pledge will be recited on the floor of the House. And currently, the issue having to do with the roll call is what I've been dealt with. And so now, as soon as the meeting starts, there'll be a National Pledge. The speaker says... The intention behind that is to remind MPs that they have a certain duty and a certain responsibility to the republic and the people they serve. Okay. Well, let's talk about the committees that have been broken down and how things will be in the House now. Yes. So, I mean, for the final committee, the very powerful final committee, will now be divided into three. The final committee itself will still be there, but there will be another committee on the economy and another committee on planning. All these committees will now have 13 members apiece. There will also be an intelligence committee which is broken out from the uh, existing defense and interior committee to deal with matters of intelligence. The existing appointments committee has also been tweaked in a certain sense. It will still be chaired by the deputy speaker, but now the composition will be made up of the leaders on both sides of each the house. And then depending on who they are vetting, they will get members or draw members from the committee. So they are are vetting judges. They will draw members from the health committee or the judiciary committee. If they are appointing the minister for education, then they will draw members from there as well. So a number of real tweaks things that have been done in terms of the new standing of this, that parliament started sitting about an hour ago and MPs are still going back and forth to try and understand how things are going to shape up in this new meeting. And there's the return of Asin North MP James Yachikwesi. You had an interaction with him? Yes, Asin North MP was absent the whole of last meeting. He was flown to Canada for some health care reasons. He's back today, he says, he's ready to fight for his constituents and fight the criminal case in court. As we Ghanaians, I'm alive and kicking and I'm strong. And I really miss them. But in life, you have to take care of yourself. I'm back in full swing and I'm going to go take care of my constituent, my caucus, and the country then. We are going to, we're going to succeed again. Let's keep up our life. Thank Prince you. Prince, you about the, the legal battle now. The legal battle, you're still fighting it. Well, I mean, you all know the system, the court system, how it works, right? It's not a situation where one can say it's not a, a black and white situation. We have to allow time to let the legal system go through its own process. And the worst thing you want to do is comment on any matter of this court. So let's save that to the judicial system.
Yeah, but the message is that you're ready to work for your constituents and for Ghana and for your party. My, my people can't wait to see me, to welcome me, to work for them. I say not, there's no turning back. Asin North MP James Jachekwesing taking us on a quick break here on the Midday News Live on Joy 99.7 FM in Accra and Kumasi on Love 99.5 FM proudly made possible by Petrosol, your clean fall in full quantity. Petrosol is always a delightful experience. Also brought to you by Duraplus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDP pipes and water tank. We are the only water story tank with a level indicator and where Duraplus goes, water flows. We return from the break with sports and then we ask what's responsible for the poor air quality in Accra once the dust levels goes up, the particulate matter is also going to go up. You are breathing in a cocktail of air pollutants and can cause a lot of havoc. Cardiovascular diseases, respiratory diseases, it's a silent killer. are tight and money difficult to come by. You want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Hear the sound. <laughs> Petrosol. Clean fuel in full quantity. Thanks for staying with us. There's two sports. Thank Barak. you very much, MFA. Now, the Africa Games will kick off in 31 days, and the Bortiman Sports Complex will host 10 of the 26 sporting disciplines. The facility is nearing completion ahead of the start of the Games. Now, Fento Tahiru Fento was there and has this report. The road to Bortemann Sports Complex is nearing completion and connects the facility to the Temamoto Way on the south side and East Ligon Hills to the north. Inside the world complex are six main structures, each with a distinct purpose. Upon entry into the facility, the dome is the conspicuous first structure that meets the eye. It is a multi-purpose sports hall with a seating capacity of 500 people. It is designated to host events such as handball, judo, karate, and taekwondo. It comes complete with changing rooms, bathrooms for both athletes and spectators, and a cafeteria area. The green building is the ultra-modern hardcore tennis mini stadium with a seating capacity of 1,000 people. This is where all the tennis action will take place. It comes complete with fitted seats, VIP seating, commentators' boxes with the tennis nets all already faked. It is an impressive edifice that will become one of the biggest attractions of the Boteban Sports Complex. That's Joy Sports Editor Fentu Tahiro Fentu with that report. Thank you very much, Mubarak. Let me take you to the Western Region and the Sekendi Takradi Metropolitan Assembly through the EU-funded Twin Cities and Sustainable Partnership Project in collaboration with Joy News Operation. A Clean Your Surroundings campaign this morning has made a stop at the Sicado Submetro to inspect some households and commercial facilities. Correspondent Ina Thalia Kwanzaa is with the team, joins us on the line. Ina, uh, let's talk about what's happening where you are. Mm. 
Yeah, so MFR, we've been to some commercial facilities and household facilities. Uh, what we observe is that most of the food vendors here were selling under insanitary conditions. They were selling open to flies and dust, and they did not have a medical report which um, guarantees that they can sell food to um, commuters and residents around here. At the moment, we are standing at one um, issue. Uh, known as Nyame Naaye Choba, and then MSR, it's an eyesore. Everything over here is dirty, including where they are preparing the food to sell to residents. Um, the SCMA for this particular um, uh, month is just doing cautioning to residents and food vendors, but the next visit will be to prosecute and arrest residents and um, food vendors and anyone they find culpable. Okay, and I know you've been to a cicado as well, even though you said there were no arrests. What's the situation there, you'd say? Yes, so just like I have said, there is no arrest over here as well. Um, so it's basically about questioning and sensitizing them, letting them know that the next time that they make another stop, it will not be um, a word of mouth to them, but it will be an arrest and prosecution for them. Clean Ghana in the Western region, and you have there in Natalia Kwanza. Now, persons who work in the open have been advised to stay away from identified polluted areas as that can have adverse effects on them. As the air quality in the national capital, Accra, especially, has been described as very unhealthy by air monitoring sites, IQ Air. Health experts have advised wearing of face masks and keeping children and the aged, especially indoors, as much as possible. We can hear uh, from the Environmental Protection Agency uh, on this. Once the dust levels goes up, the particulate matter is also going to go up. So that is how come we are registering high levels of the um, particulate matter from our monitoring locations. But notwithstanding that, it depends on the activity around the area that impacts on the air quality. So for a particular location, you realize that the level keeps changing every day. It depends on what is going around. And because the dusty winds are coming into the country, some of the things that we do that impact on air quality, we should also avoid them, like the burning of waste. Well, and that's uh, today we are told the IQS states this morning that Accra is currently recording 49 times the WHO annual air quality guideline. Uh, Join news editor Fred Smith and head of our help desk joins me in studio with more on this. Kindly explain what 49 times of the WHO annual air quality guideline value yeah, means. Yeah, this means that the concentration of a specific air pollutant, that is particles for better understanding, is 49 times higher mm. than the WHO's recommended limits for annual exposure exceeding the WHO guidelines by this a significant margin indicates a crisis experiencing severe air pollution mainly caused by 